But then there was a female ranger that happened to be passing by at the time that I fell. Luckily, she was there because if not, my cousin would have had to leave and drive to go get cell signal. Call for yeah. help. So she was passing by and my cousin didn't hear her drive up or walk up until he heard a voice say, is that person okay? And it took her 30 minutes to find how she can hike down to me. And she called it into other rangers. They showed up, put me on this backboard. Next thing you know, there's a CHP helicopter hovering over me. They dropped down this um, like sling. I call it red body bag. Sounds horrible, but (laughs) (laughs) it sounds horrible. But they put me in that. And uh, then the aircraft starts to go higher. And I had to remain hanging like that from the aircraft until we're able to get out of the canyon, land in a grassy area where they can then safely put me inside. What's up, everybody? We're doing this again. This is Jose Cruz. Yes, your favorite Native American man. We have a special podcast today to kind of give you a quick background before we jump into this. Man, still here. Podcast represents something, represents you, represents me, represents a lot of people, man. And the still here brand really speaks to a lot of people. And this individual today, this person is just, I feel like is the epitome of what still here is. Today we have Mia Natalia. Yes. Yes. Got it right. <laughs> Mia, Natalia. And man, I'm so glad you are here today. Thank you so much for taking the time to come out today. Thank you for this, having me. On this hot summer. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, let's just get to know you. Uh, tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, and um, we'll just get into your story. Yeah. So I'm here from the Valley. I'm a Central Valley native, and I was born and raised here, grew up here. I did live in Northern California for a little bit. And I moved back to Fresno, but I am a the founder and motivational speaker of Ascend Professional Services. Mm. And I've been doing this for almost four years now. Okay. Yeah. And before that, I mean, because obviously we see that you're in a wheelchair and mm-hmm. it's like there's a story behind that. Yeah. You know, let's get into the story before all that, because I do want to get into that. But let's kind of get to know you. What, you know, how was your childhood? What, you know, what were your hopes and dreams, aspirations, family and all that? And you know, all, let's get to know you first. Yeah, of course. So as soon as I graduated high school, like I said, I was born and raised here in the Valley. Mm-hmm. As soon as I graduated high school, I had this crazy idea, this dream that I wanted to become a firefighter, mm. EMT. So I got my EMT at Fresno City College and an opportunity opened up. Within a week later, I was going to my parents telling them that I was moving five hours away from home to Northern California. And I moved to Butte County, um, went through this fire academy and got on a fire crew. And I did that for two years. Um, it wasn't like a seasonal position, it was year round. So yeah. responding to fires, medical calls, traffic collisions, everything in between. You know, some things I may have not wanted to see, but I loved every minute of it. And it fit my personality too. Mm-hmm. It was something that I truly loved doing. Not only did I get to help people, but I got to help the community and uh, love the adrenaline. But after two years, that's when I started to miss my family and I wanted to get on with the fire department here. Mm. So I moved back to Fresno in 2017 and I'm going through this other fire academy with Fresno City College. And if I pass this, then I can apply with any fire department. But my goal was Fresno Fire. I wanted to work for city. Yeah. So I'm going through this academy and I'm doing very well. And I was at the top of my class academically and physically and I was helping other cadets get there too. I was on a very good path. And my cousin had been asking me to go hiking in Sequoia, but I kept pushing it off. Yeah. Because come the weekend time, I really didn't want to do much, just 
rest or maybe catch up on some homework. So I kept pushing it off until Labor Day weekend, September 2nd, 2017. That's when I decided to take him up on his offer. But that morning, I remember waking up just feeling super off. Mm-hmm. Like I got that gut feeling like, oh, don't go. But I didn't want to lag on him. Yeah. So I still went and we were supposed to go hike at Moral Rock. But before continuing up the road, we pulled to this rest area. These are restrooms. And my cousin was familiar with the area. Asked if I want to go check out the swimming hole that he knew was nearby. But that required walking alongside traffic. Mm. That was coming around the bend super fast. And I was not about to get hit by a car. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So I stood a little closer to the edge. uh, Trying to avoid traffic. And on the left side of me was this drop-off steep terrain. This gorgeous river down below. And then you got the right. was the traffic. And I go to move a overgrown bush to the side, take a step with my left foot. My cousin was behind me, not in reaching distance, but I ended up missing my footing, rolled my left ankle, and next thing you know, I was watching where I was falling off of. Mm. Yeah, and I ended up tumbling 50 feet down this mountainside. Um, I had to get flown out by a CHP helicopter. And the moment I fell, I remember looking up at my at the clouds and then see my legs fly over me. And in this time that I was falling, it felt as if time didn't exist. Uh It just felt like I was falling forever. Didn't know if I was ever going to stop or end up in that river down below. But finally, I stopped abruptly. I was laying on my stomach and my upper body in this bush full of thorns. And I'm trying to control my breathing. Um, I was trying to stay awake. I was already drifting in and out of consciousness. And my cousin was still up top yelling down to me like, Mia, stay awake, Mia, I'm going to get you help. And eventually his voice just became muffled. So I've been trying to stay awake, but my first thought is, how can I crawl out of here? So I'm trying to, you know, push up on my forearms, yeah. figure out how I can bear crawl out of here. But anytime I would push on my forearms, this wave of pain just flooded my body, couldn't move. And my second thought was, where are my legs? Although I had all this first responder, firefighting, EMT training. Yeah. It didn't even occur to me what had just happened. Like, I never would have thought the tables would turn that I would be the one that needed saving. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm laying there and I'm just like, I have the only thing that stopped me before the river was this one tree log. There was no other tree logs in sight except for this one that happened to be in my path and stopped me before the water. Had that not been there, I probably would have ended up in that water. Wow. Not able to swim because I ended up breaking my back. I have a spinal cord injury. Man. Yeah, partially paralyzed. And I was laying there and I had the tree log on the right side of my body, but I was able to bring my left hand and feel for my legs. and. With my hand, I can feel them, but with my legs, I couldn't feel anything. And it's a hot summer day. Mm-hmm. I'm in shorts and I can't feel my legs rubbing against the dirt or rock or even thorns. So it didn't make sense. Um, but then there was a female ranger that happened to be passing by at the time that I fell. Luckily, she was there because if not, my cousin would have had to leave and drive to go get cell signal. Call for yeah. help. So she was passing by and my cousin didn't hear her drive up or walk up until he heard a voice say, is that person okay? And it took her 30 minutes to find how she can hike down to me. And she called it into other rangers. They showed up, put me on this backboard. Next thing you know, there's a CHP helicopter hovering over me. They dropped down this um, like sling. I call it red body bag. Sounds horrible, but <laughs> no, <not your> <laughs> it sounds horrible. But they no. put me in that. And uh, <clears throat> then the aircraft starts to go higher. And I had to remain hanging like that from the aircraft until we're able to get out of the canyon, land in a grassy area where they can then safely put me inside. 
I can't imagine that. I mean, just talking before we got started, you know, you just, you, 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 like I said, I've heard the story, you know, kind of, but to hear from you and, you know, you're a very great storyteller. And I, myself, I was in that, just seeing that. And were there like, like you said, you had a gut feeling. Yeah. You know, and plus in Fresno, you don't lag on people too, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause I'll be lagger, you know, yeah. but, but those feelings sometimes we listen to, you know, especially when it's like family and, you know, you know, it's like, yeah, we need to go. But when you were down there, did you like have time to think about, man, I shouldn't have come. I shouldn't have this. Did what, what went through your mind through all that other than like what yeah. you mentioned, you know, what was, what was like worried my parents, what are they going to say? Everybody else was, you know? Yeah. Well, I had that gut feeling in the morning and when I moved back to Fresno, I moved back in with my parents cause I was going through this academy. It was like full-time job. I remember telling my mom, man, I don't feel like going. She's like, well, don't go. And I was like, yeah, but I can't lag on him, you know? And, uh, that gut feeling stayed with me the whole trip. Mm. I got there and was just like, man, I, like, I really just should have just stayed home. But you know how like sometimes we, we tend to put others before us. Yeah. Like sometimes we go and do things and we really don't want to, but yet we do it because we don't want to upset someone else. Mm -hmm. Right. So we still go. And that gut feeling that I call it my intuition. I know I went against my intuition that day mm. and it could have saved me from a lot. And now looking back, it was the best thing that has happened to me. As crazy as it seems, like oh, I know it was an accident that completely changed my life, but it, it put me exactly where I needed to be and the person that I needed to be. And had I not gone through this, I wouldn't be this person today. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful for that experience, but I still went against my intuition. And now it's like, when I do get that gut feeling, I can't ignore it now. Yeah, you, you run with, you make sure you stick yeah. with it. Dang. <laughs> I mean, hearing that, you know, what happened after that now? Like when they took you, they put you in stretcher and they took you to the hospital. You know, what was the stages after that? What did you experience? What was told to you? Then, you know, how did you find out fully the yeah, you're never going to walk? And what's the percentage of you are? What were the next steps and events that happened after? Yeah. So once we, um, like I said, I got flown by a CHP helicopter and we landed on the helipad at Downtown Community Regional Medical Center mm -hmm. here in Fresno. And um, when we land on the helipad, <clears throat> everything from that point on is a blur. Um, I was, I had this, the pilot paramedic in the helicopter with me that did a hell of a job trying to keep me awake. Mm -hmm. He's asking all these random questions, like, what's your favorite color? Where'd you go to high school? And I'm kind of getting fresh. Like, dude, I'm trying so hard to stay awake. <laughs> yeah, yo, <laughs> you're good luck. Yeah. I don't care. I love my noodle, but not right now. Yeah, I you was know? like, you never realize what just happened. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we landed on the helipad, and uh, I remember briefly going through this elevator. Next, you know, I woke up in this staging area with a whole bunch of nurses surrounding me, bright lights above me, my <clears throat> clothes already cut off me, and I kept drifting in and out. So that was the next thing I remember. And during this time, they assigned me a Jane Doe name because I wasn't yet identified. Mm. So they gave me the nickname Ladder, which is, I now have tattooed on my neck. I saw that when you got in. Yeah. So that's actually the name that they gave me before they knew I was in the fire service. I guess they go by alphabetical order and they want L. So they chose ladder. Super random. Yeah. And um, so my family, anytime they would come in, they would have to ask for ladder because Mia didn't exist or I wasn't yet identified. Yeah. And then my family comes storming in, bawling <clears throat> their eyes out. And I wasn't able to go into surgery until the following morning because they didn't have a neurosurgeon available. It was a busy weekend, it's Labor Day weekend. And uh, during that time, they told my family that I might not make it through surgery. 
So they were already giving everyone a heads up. And uh, I went through surgery the next morning, Sunday morning. And I don't remember any of that, but I remember waking up in my private trauma IC room by myself after the procedure. And the neurosurgeon comes in and he's at my bedside. And at the time I'm 20. Yeah, I was about to say, you were how, how old were you? Yeah, I just got started in, in this career and I'm only yeah. two years in, I'm 20. And I'm laying on this hospital bed. He comes in, he looks at me and he takes a long deep breath. And he's like, I know you're young, but you might never walk again. And if mm. there's any chance at all, it's going to be about 10%. I'm sorry. And that's it. Like, that's it. In this moment, like my heart completely shattered. Like, what do you mean I'm not going to be able to walk again? Something I didn't have to think about doing from the time I learned how yeah. to do it. It just came so easily. Now I won't be able to fight fire. I just got started in this career. I'm only two years in. I worked my butt off yeah. to achieve this goal. And now you're telling me I can't do that? Mm. Now I won't be able to do little things like play with my little brother who's at, at the time he was five. So I won't be able to, you know, pick him up, give him a big old hug or teach him how to play soccer, ride a bike, little things like that. Now I won't be able to run with my dog or, you know, I used to love dancing in high school. I used to go from the different friend groups dancing. Yeah. So I was super extrovert, friendly with everyone. Just want to put a smile on people's face. I used to battle my dad at parties. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was the life of the party. Like, Girl. Oh, Yeah. Man. Anytime Mia walked in, they knew. They yeah. knew. All right. Yeah. You know, yeah. so hey, yo, Mia just got here. Yeah. You know, let's get it. You know, <laughs> no, let me just do that again. Yeah. You know, let's turn up, you know. Yeah. But like, I mean... I don't know. It trips me out because I don't want to get into my story, man. It's, man, by no means, it's not as I can't complain, you know. But the thing is, is like you know, like hey, Mia's life of the party. She can get it. She likes, you know. When the doctor told you that, that stopped all that. You Completely know, what? stripped me of my identity and who I knew myself to be. Mm. It was like that's that's who I am. What do you mean I'm not gonna be able to do all these things? Like, I've always been outdoorsy, adventurous, always yeah. going hiking, you know, this adrenaline junkie, always wanting to be spontaneous. And now he's telling me I can't do something as simple as walk. Like, that was, that just stripped me of my identity. Mm. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Now I'm <clears throat> so focused on the past because I used to be able to walk. Now I'm going to mourn that, right? I'm going to be going through this grieving period of who I was. Yeah. And now... The future is stressing me out because what am I supposed to do with my life? I worked mm -hmm. my butt off to get here. Now I can't do that. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Now I have this financial burden and it was just like overwhelming all at once. So Man. for a young 20 year old to have all that tossed at you because you're you're barely getting out of, you know, teens, college and, you know, that then you're barely starting that poof of life. Yeah. To get all that taken from you here. By the way, this is how you're going to have to handle it from here on out. Or, you know, I can't, again, I can't begin to imagine that, you know, to talk to you now to see where you're at after what, five years, you said this is coming up, right? Yeah. Five years. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can only reflect or because I got sick, long story short, short I lost like 80, 90% of my muscle mass. I lost like 60 pounds with COVID. I was so weak and frail. I couldn't walk from my living room to my bedroom, vice versa. I couldn't get up just to go to the restroom because mm -hmm. we're so used to, like you said, just something that we don't think about, you know. I have that experience to know that I can't just, all right, I'll be right back. You know, I yeah. did that once. 
the buddy of mine here and I just collapsed. I just, it's like my whole body is like, no, you're not. You know, that's how weak I was. But to have to hear your story, <clears throat> you know, I, it's humbling, man, because I can't, you know, I can't imagine it. I'm really at a loss for words right now to know, but to see your your attitude, you know, just your spirit alone, that's so uplifting, even when we were talking before. And I mean, it's crazy to hear that. So obviously you weren't like that in those beginning times. Yeah. Now, after you've heard that news, then the recovery starts, sent home. What was that journey like the first year? That journey was tough. The first year was hell. That's the only way to explain it. Um, I did spend 28 days in the hospital, but when I was released, it was because of insurance. Insurance is all right. You pass the basic checklist of things you needed to be able to do before you can go home. So I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. Mm -hmm. So when I got home, I was hurting in every way possible. Physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Mm -hmm. Not only did I have all this nerve and muscular pain, but now I'm going through, I'm depressed. Like I'm hitting rock bottom. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm going to do. And all of this just kicked in all at once. And it stayed like that for a whole year. So um, my one-year anniversary of my accident, so September 2nd, 2018, I lost my will to live. I couldn't do it anymore. I, I tried for a whole year. Mm -hmm. I tried. I kept pushing. My mom was my main caregiver at the time. I was trying to be independent. And it was just, it was tough. I was beating myself up, kept digging myself in this deeper and deeper hole until my one-year anniversary where I intentionally overdosed on some opioids. Uh. And I knew I messed up because I didn't want to end my life. It was just, I wanted the pain to go away. I wanted to stop hurting. And so when I did that, I realized it was a little bit too late. All those pills are starting to kick in. I feel like I'm suffocating. And I go and text my mom. I love you. She knew immediately. Uh. She knew immediately. So she rushed in, in my room and my dad rushed me to ER. He threw me in the passenger seat, put my wheelchair in the back. On the way there, he's, he's hitting me. Mia, stay awake. Mia, Mia, open your eyes. Mia. And he mm -hmm. just kept saying that, trying to keep me awake. And then we got to ER and the lady looks at me dead in the eyes and was like, "Hun, you are so young. Mm. You have so much more life to live. They put me on this gurney. They roll me in the back and they hook me into all these IVs, administer activated charcoal. So releasing all those pills I just swallowed. And when I'm laying there, one of the nurses came up and was like, hey, where do you work? Because she has to fill out this questionnaire, right? And I didn't want to tell her because I, nine months after my, the time I was released from the hospital, I got hired at Fresno Fire Investigations Unit. Mm. So I was working there. I just started. And I don't want them to call chief up and say, hey, this kid you just hired is mentally unstable. So I didn't want to tell her. Oh, I'm working at the fire department. Yeah. And um, that was like that epiphany moment where something just clicks as I'm laying there. I'm just thinking, what the hell? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. The way that I'm living isn't living at all. I'm barely existing. And I knew that if they were going to release me, if I passed these, these mental evaluations to go home, I had to do something different. Mm -hmm. And I think we always have a choice Come on. of where we want to go. 
we can continue down this path that we're currently operating on, mm. this comfort zone, what we know, we get stuck in patterns all the time. We get stuck in these habits, depression, yeah. no matter what it is, these are all patterns. We get stuck in this so we can continue down this path or we can choose to go opposite. Mm. But this moment when I had that epiphany, I knew I, I can't continue down this road or I'm going to end up dead. I'm not going to be breathing if I do this again. Yeah. So I don't know how many chances I got at life, but I'm on my last one. <laughs> wow. I can't continue doing this. Man, that's insane. I can't, again, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I can't, I mean, you hear that, you know, the Bible says that, you know, God doesn't give you, you know, stuff that you can't handle. And it's like, well, look, man, you think I can handle this? We don't know until yeah. we're in it, you know? And then, you know, the, to, to, you know, because as a father, as parents, you know, it'd be very difficult. It'd be near impossible to see one of my daughters go through this and driving them because the opioid overdose. And it's like, I'm trying to be a dad. I'm trying to be trying to, you know, still yeah. be a sane citizen driving. But it's like, I, I again, I can't imagine that. And from there, like you said, that was the turning point or something clicked. What happened after that when you... When you were cleared up, cleaned up, sent home, what changed? What started you on that new path? It was definitely the change of perspective. <clears throat> From the time I was laying on that gurney mm -hmm. and I went home and I knew that I can't keep doing this. That was just, a, it was a change of perspective that really I had to find within myself because although I had this accident, now I'm in depression, all these things going on, no one could help me but me. Like no matter how much my parents, my family, my close friends, they can try to reach for me and pull me out of that dark place, but it's not going to happen unless I can pull myself out of that dark yep. place. So it was up to me to find joy in that dark place. And when I had that change of perspective, it was like, all right, now it's lighting that fire within me. And although I might not have noticed it at the time, that was exactly what I needed to kickstart what was to come. Mm. And although I didn't know what the future holds. The future remains unknown sometimes, and that can be scary. Yeah. But it's the, I'm going to take the action in this present moment that's going to affect that future. So when I get to the future, I'm going to be experiencing the present moment again. Mm, Y'all don't know what you just heard. Man, We girl, can go into depth about time. You are my whole po my whole No, I'm down. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm serious. Right. Perspective is a huge deal. You know, yeah. my just my experience, I had a huge perspective. I was in the hospital by myself. I faced mean i couldn't blame nobody i couldn't I, I didn't see them my family for a long time and i had a huge perspective i god brought me down to nothing because i thought i was something business was doing good making good money making good relationships and nothing yeah you know and all i can go back to was my faith i can go back to what was familiar man god you promised me this you've physically told somebody that, that my life was going to be this, you either start following through or you're not God. And man, once he brought me down nothing stripped me down, that's when I started realizing, God, I'm, I'm nothing without you. It's not religion. It's not a church. It's not a building. It's not a denomination. It's nothing. It's you. You know, when God put me down into that, you know, moment, not put me down, but when I was down in that moment, God connected with me where, all right, dude, now let's talk. Let's have that real conversation. That's when I knew, okay, yeah, perspective. What was more important? 
you know? And so to hear that, like you said, you can go, you have a lot of time to talk about perspective, mm-hmm. you know? So when you started changing your perspective, like you said, no one can pull you out. Yeah. You have tons of support systems, friends, you know, friends, families, everything, you know, reaching out for you, but you're like shunning them. You're like, no, this is me. Let me stay in my dark hole. Then you're like, now it's like, I got to get out. I yeah. got to start. A lot of the times, like you say, like going through something like that, where you were in the hospital and now you're, you're <clears throat> connecting to, to God, to spirit, to source, right? A lot of the times we tend to seek external validation. Mm. We tend to look to external sources for help. Mm-hmm. But really the answer is, Instead of going out, you got to go in. Come on. You got to go within yourself. Connect to, to God. That's mm. literally within all of us, right? So the only way that I was able to get out of that dark place was to go within. Mm. To face all that I was hit with or that I was going through, that I was putting myself through. I had to go within and figure the root of it all. Face it instead of trying to avoid it and keep running. And, you know, I'm always going to be unhappy if I'm... I'm running from it. Yeah. So now I got to go through this, face all the emotions, see it for what it is, allow it to pass through in order to continue going forward. Mm-hmm. So that was the hardest thing. But again, like I realized the, not only the perspective, but the concept of time played a big part mm, Yep. because if we're stuck in the past, we're either going to be depressed. We're going to feel some type of way. But if you think about it, the past is the former now. It's a memory trace of something that already happened. Mm-hmm. So once you tap into this memory trace, which is a thought that is now stored within your mind, that your body's gonna react to that thought through energy and energy within the body's emotion. Yep. So when you go back to that place of where you were, you're gonna trigger the emotions that you felt in that moment, whether they're True. good or bad. Yep. So for me being stuck in depression, now all those negative emotions are coming about and it's as if I'm experiencing it again in this present moment, but really I'm living in the past, mm-hmm. living in the former now. Yeah. So trying to stay present without focusing on the future too much, stressing about what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? This future is unknown. I don't know where I'm going to be a year from now. Yeah. If I even make it a year from now. Right. Mm-hmm. But the future is a projection of the mind because it's the future now. Yep. Man, so if I, mean, I can this, come back to the present, yep. right? If I can come back to this very moment, everything in this moment, my actions, my beliefs, my thoughts is going to create that future. Mm. When I get to the future, I'm going to be experiencing the present moment. Come on. Right? Because we don't get the same second back, nor can we predict the next. Yep. So that was one of the main changes of perspective was like, Mia, stay present. All you have is right now. Tomorrow doesn't matter. I'm grateful to have, to be able to take a breath today. Man, girl, that is some true. Do you, do you realize what you, did you like black out and realize, what did I just say? What did I just say? Like Will Ferrell. I said to do that. On old school, like, what did I say? What happened? That was real. Because we get, I mean, I'm guilty 100% of that. I feel like that's why, again, still here means so much to me. Because there are so many times I put myself in situations that I grew up that were, you know, traumatic for me. And it's like, I find myself living the past in the future and bringing that past into now and everyone and everything around me is affected by that. You know, a lot of times we don't know that we do that, you know, and I've done that. And to hear that, 
And I think that's what needed to change in my life because I was so hooked on to the past that it made me who I was. And that, and that wasn't me because it stunted me. I was told this part of my life will never, ever break through. And I lived defeated, you know, and not knowing. So I lived this world of trying to prove people wrong. And man, until I hit rock bottom where I, your shoes don't matter, your money, your bank account, your life, your business, nothing matters to you. You know, it's like when everything's stripped away, who are you? You know, when you find out, man, I'm nothing. I'm nothing without you, God. I'm here because of you. And so I feel like that's what was my turning point. And some, and like you said, too, so many times we live like, where am I going to be in the future? I can't be like this forever. So we put this preconceived notion or this future on us that we're not even there yet. Yeah. You know, like you're trying to, I'm a type of dude that prepares for arguments that may or may not happen. <laughs> I'm that guy. You know, so when it happens, I'm ready. Yeah. But it's like you're living in the, I don't know, it's paranoia, it's fear, it's like the approach of things. And I can't, again, I can't. I mean, I'm shocked right now. I really am. Because to hear your story and, and just, I mean, you're a beast. Thank you. You are. I mean, after, man, I'm about to get emotional. Because to me, this is why this, I, I love doing this. Because to hear your story makes me believe, man, God, you're so real. You know, because to come out from a situation like that, something that happened to you, no fault of your own. You know, and to be here still and have this story, have this motivation, have this impact. You know, it, it, to me, that's why we do this. This is why I exist for this, you know, because it's a blessing. I know people that listen and watch and need this because mm -hmm. they're stuck in the past. They're stuck in the future. They're stuck. They're not living now, you know, and it's not so much do you, do me, I'm a do me, boop. It's not that. I think it's more than that. It's like, how can I live for me for you guys? Because it's not about me, you know, and that's why mm -hmm. I think you you grabbed on. You know, so after like, I mean, man, I can go on all day. I'm sorry. <laughs> but after your recovery, you, you know, you said there's more to live for. When did you start realizing, OK, I just got to get up and try to do something? Because I know like your family, friends are like not used to seeing you like this. Where did you feel like they were just trying to overtake care of you or trying to like over like, no, hey, let me do that for you. No, I can do this. You know, when, like when did that process you know, start and to be where you're at now, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. the, the pity or I don't want to sound like that, but. Yeah. So the first year, like I said, my mom was my main caregiver. Mm -hmm. um, I was still learning how to transfer, you know, to the shower chair to take a shower, little things like that. Um, get dressed on my own. I was, you know, learning all these things, a new way of living. Um, and it was all about adapting and overcoming to this new way of living. And that was hard the first year. But after the first year I started to, I kept trying to be independent. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to depend on anyone for little things like that. Uh, I wanted to be able to go and get out <clears> on my own. And um, that, like, I think it was my pride. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think yeah. it was my pride, my ego that kind of kicked in was like, no, I don't need no one's help. Yeah. And uh, so I started to do more things on my own. Probably the first year. And it was mainly because I was working at the fire department. Um, I needed to drive mm -hmm. i needed to purchase a vehicle that was modified so i can get to work and back and not have to depend on mom to take me mm -hmm. dad's working i only got mom mom has to watch little brother yeah so it was like i gotta i gotta figure out how to do this on my own so i'm over here youtubing like how do i get started on this and i'm looking everything up and so it was like the driving was the next big thing 
I got to get a truck. I got to get hand controls so I can drive without the use of my legs. So I did that and little things like that from that time that I got my own truck at the, at the moment so I can get to work. Everything started to fall into place. It was like, okay, now I'm going to try this. Now I'm going to start going out with friends a little bit more. And eventually my pride needed to be put aside because there was times where I needed to ask for help. Mm-hmm. If I can't get over a step, if I can't get up this ramp or it's too steep or if I can't reach something, I got to put my pride aside to ask for help. So little by little, um, it all feels like it fell into place, but it, I would say like the first year or two mm-hmm. so when it was like, all right, now I've always been this person that's independent. I've always been this driven type of person. So it was like something that if it wasn't for my personality, maybe I wouldn't have gone here. Or I maybe would have been like, I'm not going to go back to work. I'm just going to be laying around all the time. But that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. You know? I can tell you're not. You know? You're, you know. <laughs> but, you know, because I felt that coming in. Because when we talked Friday, because this happened like in three days. You're like, hey, I got time. All right, Monday. Let's do this. You know? My mind, I was telling my wife, I was like, I want to facilitate here. But I don't want to feel like I'm like trying to be like too helpy or too, you know, because I never want to feel, make anybody feel that they can't be or do anything. And I just want to be there to support, you know. So when you're like, oh, yeah, I can do this, this and this, I can already tell where you were, you know. So I want to treat people, just everybody, you know, like, hey, you can do it, you know, support. You know, my sister, you know, found out she had cancer and it. God bless her, man. It went away. Everything's gone. But I told her, like, look, I'm not going to treat you any different. I'm not going to treat you as the sister with cancer. You're my sister. I'm going to still clown on you. I'm going to still this, this. And she's like, thank you. Because it's a a mindset. Because if you treat them like they're sick, that's what they're always going to be. You know? And so I never want to do that. And I want to treat them like they're no different, you know? And so did you experience a lot of that, though? Like friends and people are just kind of too overly nice or too overly... Yeah, and I still do. I mean, there's still strangers that when I'm going grocery shopping and I'm transferring in, I put the groceries in the back. I'll transfer to the driver's seat of my car. I have people that are always like, oh, you need help. You need to do this. And I appreciate it. I appreciate the help because I know people genuinely do want to help or they're genuinely curious to see how I do it. But then it's up to me whether or not I'm going to accept the offer or not. And it's cool to always have someone there to, to ask. So whether it be strangers, whether it be friends, family, or even people that have seen me do something before and they're just like, hey, do you need help? I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I'm grateful for that. Um, but I, I'm i never going to be like, oh, no, like they're asking too much or, they're, you know, yeah. get away from me kind of thing. So I do appreciate it. Um, and it allows me to, you know, express my needs. Yeah. If I need help, then now I can bring it up like, hey, I, I have a ramp that I can bring to yeah, get up some steps. I was like, yo, you let me in, you know, know, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just about communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people can be closed off to communicating or they don't want to be asked or that they get offended by it. Yeah. I'm not that person. Yeah. I, I appreciate asking. Yeah. I don't see you, you being that type offended and be like, oh, I can do this on my own, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know, but I need nobody, you know, yeah. but now, I mean, let's let you started driving, you started, because I want to get to the process to where you start your your business, your company, you know, and when did you know and realize that this is what I want to do, be a motivational speaker, impact, you know, you know, the community, business, entrepreneurship, all that. Yeah. You know, what led up to that? So uh, I was working <laughs> at the fire department at the time, 
And I had a friend that's a burn nurse. And I was getting asked to speak at all these different events to share my life story my, about my accident. And it was starting to get overwhelming because I got a full-time job. And she was like, hey, you know you can get paid to speak? I was like, what? To talk? I was like, what do you mean I could get paid to talk? Yeah, I, I do that. I talk to my friends like more than I would talk at the Yeah, you owe me a hundred bucks. So I was like, oh, you know, that sounds crazy. And I went home. I looked it up. I was like, man, I can get paid to do yeah. this. And I remember, ah, man, the best way to explain it is as if I had this calling. Come on. I had this calling that was like, you need to do more with this. You need to speak. You need to use your voice. And I remember telling my parents that I was going to leave the fire department. They looked at me like, what? You know, they kind of gave me, they didn't say anything bad, but they kind of gave me that look like, you sure you want to yeah. leave a job with good benefits? Like, you sure you don't want to stay in this, in this industry? And I just knew I had that. Again, it was the intuition was like, I'm being called to this. Why am I going to ignore it? And although I was terrified, I was terrified because if I go to entrepreneurship, although I'm already kind of doing this as a side hustle, if I go all in, where am I going to fall back on? Mm -hmm. What if this doesn't work out, right? All those what ifs come into play. And it's like, how is this, how am I going to make this happen? So I took the risk um, and it was scary, but I realized that as long as I know my why, as long as I know my purpose behind what it is I'm trying to do, why I want to do it, everything else is going to fall into play. Mm -hmm. Although I didn't know how, I didn't know how this was going to happen, how I was going to build a business around this. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do. I don't have any degree. I didn't finish fire technology for the fire service, but I also don't have no degree in business. And so I don't know how to run a business. All of this was all new to me. It was all figuring out as I go. And how, how old are you at this time? I was, well, this was probably back in February, 2020, a month before a pandemic hit. I decided yeah. to leave before we knew a pandemic was going to hit. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided to go all in. Mm. So I left the fire department a month before the pandemic hit. I was ready to go all in in this business. Pandemic hits. All the events that I was scheduled for were canceled. Mm. I had to refund all of them. Figure out how I can go online. And I started partnering with uh, different <clears throat> organizations and doing virtual events. Getting really involved in community. And at first it was providing a lot of free content. Helping people on specific topics. And... I was able to eventually start charging for little things and make it through the pandemic. But that's when things started to kick up again. Now I was getting more events. Now I got, you know, people hitting me up all the time. And so it kind of picked momentum up from there. But it was like, as long as I stay focused on that, why the, oh. I want to help people. I know I have the ability to extract all these lessons and experiences that I've personally gone through with starting a business, my accident, Going through life in general. These little things Damn. that I've been learning. I know I can share this. Help people fast track. Mm. So that was my main goal. Was like, yo, I, if I don't do this, I'd be doing a disservice. Mm -hmm. If I was not doing what I'm doing right now, I would be doing a disservice. Well, explain that. Talk about that. What do you mean by that? though? There is so much that I feel like I'm a, I'm a student to life. I'm a student to this life. Everyone around me. Every person that I meet, everything, every encounter, every interaction, every experience is my teacher. Mm. 
So the more that I learn, why not share that? Why not help others get there too? Mm -hmm. And it's like my story. We all have a story, right? Yep. No, even though like my story is my story. I went through this accident. You have a story too. You were in the hospital, right? Every single person has a story. So although our stories may be different, our journeys may be different. Our story can be medicine for others, mm. right? It can be that healing medicine for others so that even if they are in a place that you were at, you can help them by sharing your story. Mm. Yep. But you're also helping them fast track whether or not they are going through what you went through or they're not. You don't want them to go through what you went through. Yep. So why not give them that information? Mm-hmm. So if I wasn't doing what I was doing, it would be a disservice in the, in the sense of like, I can help people. Why not do it? Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. That, I mean, that's real because <clears throat> I remember at some point in my life when we left, cause I was, again, I, um, I say this a lot, you know, everyone that listens watches like, okay, we know Jose, but I was a youth pastor. I was a pastor. We were down in Selma and uh, we had to leave Selma. It became real toxic. So when I came over here, Again, that that ceiling of you, you know, I wasn't supposed to be someone or something. I just kept hitting, and I, I believed it. And so, I moved here to Clovis because I got closer to work. Um, I realized everything that I finally went through, that breaking point where I actually broke through that barrier. Barrier. There you go. That's yeah. the word. Shout out, wifey. She's here. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I am horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, okay. no. So, but again, when I broke through that barrier, I started realizing my purpose. I started realizing, you know, I'm more than just being a pastor on a stage with a microphone, mm-hmm. creating an event, you know, cause it's more than just a building. So old buddy of mine asked me to be on his podcast and I did it. And I thought it was pretty cool. I was like, man, I'm actually talking about this stuff, you know? And then I eventually joined, we moved, got this house start working on this production. I got sick. And after I started to realize that's when perspective changed. I actually can start doing more, you know, cause the first pod, the first pod we were talking about same thing, you know, experiences, what's going on. But I just felt like it was fake. Cause I felt like, again, I thought I was at a place where I wasn't. And then I, when I was down and out sick last November, when we started shooting pilot episodes for this, taking 20 minutes just to walk from my living room here. Um, I knew I had to start talking about something. And like you said, I felt like I'd be doing a disservice because there are a lot of people, you know, especially in the the church world, you know, that pastors, leaders, and youth directors are like getting burned, getting screwed over by these pastors and it's business. I was like, I got to talk about it. You know, I got to put myself out there. I got to talk about the experience. And so now I'm just... That's all I live is I want to tell these stories because I know that somebody listening or watching be like, yo, I was actually, I'm in that right now. You know, so they'll hit me up and like, dude, what'd you do? You know, I was like, well, watch this podcast. You know, if you want to talk yeah. about it, jump on, you know. You know, because again, it's in a life experience. One thing I have a huge problem with, and I always say this, especially on social media, man, social media is so fake. You know, all these motivational speakers, all these people, I don't want to knock people for doing that, but it's like, you're saying the same thing he said. You're just flipping it to you. You know, when I hear your story, I was like, no, this is legit. <laughs> this is real because you can, ex- I can feel it. I can see it. I can put myself in it. And it's something I felt like I don't, at my lowest moment, I thought about doing things. And 
to see you kind of not kind of, but just to see you every day grow from it. I, I 100% agree and relate that I'd be doing a disservice if I don't talk about it. Yeah. You know? So now you're at that point where I'm starting to talk about it. I'm doing it. I'm going in, you know, going to build my website, put myself out there more. Cause people are calling me, texting me, you need to tell your story. Where are you at now with all that? I'm at the point where I'm trying to scale the business. Mm. So I'm thinking the bigger picture and I don't ever want to limit myself as to what I can do. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just limit myself to just speaking at events. So I'm doing masterminds online. I'm going to different businesses, <clears throat> partnering with business executives, trying to make those genuine deep connections, see how I can see where they're at, their goals and needs and help them get to the next level. So that's my main goal is taking the average person and turning them into an impact-driven leader. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let's get to that because I love that story. I have, I, I was looking at your website and um, talk about that. What sparked that, turn the average person to an impact-driven leader? Where'd you get that? Yeah, so there was a, like I said, with my past experiences, I wish there would have been someone that could have reached out and been like, hey, I know what you're going through, right? But it feels like a very lonely journey, whether it's depression, whether it's entrepreneurship, life in general, it's a very lonely journey. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to think from an outside perspective, if someone was to come in front of me, reach me where I'm at in the experiences that I'm currently dealing with, how can they help me get to the next level? So the main thing that really like hit me was that I want to take absolutely anyone where they're at in their personal journey, whether it's business, life, career, relationships. I want to take them where they're at, meet them there, get involved with who they are, their personal journey mm -hmm. to see how I can help them. Because mm. if I'm just taking someone that's just, you know, they're already making 100K a year and they got everything going. Now they just need to scale the business to yeah. make 200K, right? That's great and all, but then I'm limiting myself to just that bracket. Yeah. What about the average person that's not yet making 100K? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to help them. So I want to make sure that I can take absolutely anyone, mm -hmm. regardless of where they're at and their story and their journey and get them to the next level. Mm. I want to help as many people as I can in this lifetime. And I'm going to do my all and I'm going to give my all trying to help people. Wow. Man, that's a huge. That's selfless. That's 100%. Thinking about others, man, even though you have, I would say, in my opinion, you have the right to be selfish. You really do. And it's not because of what happened or your current status. It's just, no, nah, man, there's something that happens here and here that most people can't come back from. And you, I, you beat it, you know, and for you to look past you, even, it, you know, after what happened to you and what you overcame. That to me, you know, that's, that's just, honestly, man, I don't, I would say that's, that's, that's showing the love of God. I mean, I don't know where you are spiritually, your faith and all yeah. that, you know, but from my experience, you know, even at our lowest, we still want to be strong for someone, you know, cause like you, I've said this before. I didn't have Jose when I was over in that seat. I, I hear this, Jose, I wish I had every time. Yeah. But if I can be that for somebody now, then I'm good. If that's all I ever do, 
I'm good. I don't. I don't care. I don't want. I don't care about this show going viral. I don't care about no status. If it connects with somebody and it changes their lives, I don't mind being that because I do believe God puts us in positions in life to be to know that was was that scripture Laura says um when I'm weak is strong it's not you know pretty much when it, we know it's not us we know cuz you know, cuz in my own strength I can't even do this but God's strength his his you know his um his favor his his blessings over us man push us to be that strong and so I don't know I I do believe what you're saying you know cuz even in your current status right now you're still you're a huge impact. Even now what you're doing for me, like you have no idea what this is doing for me. It really is like, who am I to complain about anything, man? And I, I, all I want to do is to keep going now. All I want to do is to still, you know, I'm still here, man. I'm not supposed to be. They said I wasn't supposed to be. They yeah. said this, this happened, this happened. Your boy's still here. Yeah. You know? And so I love that. I mean, cause I'm looking at, I looked at your website I mean, you got a dope website, um, motivational speaker, thought leader. You're definitely making me think. You are definitely <laughs> making me think on, you know, what you're doing because I looked at your about page. I think it was. Um, is it that one? You know, and one of the things no, that yeah, I go realized ahead, go ahead. is like when yeah. we are transitioning into the spiritual realm. We don't get to take any of this back, mm -hmm. any, any of this with us, right? We mm -hmm. don't get to take money. We don't get to take time. None of that matters. All the material things. Yeah. So when you're stripped of all of that, who are you? The only thing that does transcend time and space is love. Mm. So if I can continue to make those deep connections, because I do genuinely care about people. So if I can help them on their journey and show mm. them that unconditional love, meet them where they are, then they're going to remember not so much of what I said, but how I made them feel. Come on. That's real. That means more when I'm at the end of my life. Mm. If I have another experience, like I said, I don't know how many lives I got left. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when I am at the end of my life, looking back, I, the last person I want to meet on my deathbed is the person I could have been. Mm. Say that again. The last person I want to meet on my deathbed is a person I could have been. Come on, man. You guys don't even know what you guys are listening to <laughs> or watching. Yeah. That's huge, man. There's, I mean, how old are you right now? I'm 25. Man, what 25 year old thinks like this? You know, <laughs> seriously, it's like it again. It's a different person. It's a different experience. It's a different calling. Yeah. You know, even the Bible says many are called, but the few are chosen. And I feel like you answered the call. You know, and you're chosen for this. Is it the way we would have wanted it? No. But again, it, it just shows. All right, it's not us. It's not me. I'm not, there's nothing special about me. Yeah. But God chose me and he saw fit to choose me. Guess what? Now I got to walk in it. Man, I mean, this is like, what do you think, Laura? You're, where are you at with all this? <laughs> I mean, I'm humbled right now. Yeah, God really, really just. I'm, I'm speechless. Like, um, it's just, it just shows you that, you know, there's just so much strength that we have in us. You know, if we have something to live for, we always find that strength. We always overcome it. Um, or at least we try. And we look back in those moments or like we thought it would never end. Like, when is this going to get better? You know, and then now you look back and like, wow, I made it through that. Mm -hmm. And um, I've seen that in our 
in our marriage and I seen it in what he experienced in the hospitals. Like we thought we were in it forever. It's like, this is going to be, how long is this going to last? So, um, man. Yeah. Amazing story. Thank you. Definitely. Um, now through all your speaking engagements and stuff, has there anybody that's like really, you've know, you've made an impact. Like yeah. you had that one story that just like, okay, that's the reason why I do this. Have you ever? Yeah, that actually you? that's, oh, man, the best way to explain it is that's probably why I keep going. Seeing mm -hmm. someone's, you know, body language change when I'm speaking and <clears throat> like I've had people, I almost, you know, actually every gig I've had, I've had at least one person cry that really like felt all the emotions and to see their physical body go from, you know, the way that they came in and now they're lighting up, they're glowing. Mm -hmm. And then they go and message me or they send me an email or even a text message. Yeah. Like, this is how it resonated. Like I grew up this way and this is how I related to your story. This is how you helped me. And getting those messages like that is like, that's exactly why I'm doing what I want to mm -hmm. do. I mean, that's dope. Cause I look at your, um, your website, you know, takeaways in the program, you'll learn how to, the, the identity gap, you know, how our actions and beliefs are linked to our identity habits that will help you achieve long term success, how to identify your income. I mean, this, you have a, you have a huge setup. You have something that you really can help, a lot of people can benefit from this, you know, and yeah. it's like, and you said, even now you've probably have testimony of what, you know, the impact you've done, you know, did you see this? Like while you're down and out, you're like, oh, I'm doing this, you know, it's like, <laughs> you don't, yeah, you know, and tell, like, do you regret this happening to you? Now? No, definitely not. Um, Are you angry? Were you? I mean, at some point, obviously you were, but now. Yeah. At first I was. Mm -hmm. Now looking back, as crazy as it seems, my accident was the best thing that has ever happened to me. Mm. I would not be where I am right now. I would not be this person that I am had that not ha happened to me. Mm. Let me tell you guys this, man. You guys listening and watching, you are in a situation right now, probably of not of your own doing. And you think, why, man? Why me? I'm going to get real parichi. I'm telling you, man. But I'm just saying... You're in a situation right now that you cannot control. And guess what? That's fine. You control your controllables. Shout out Johnny Fisher. Um, you're you're there for a reason. Do we know why? No. Do we are we are we supposed to know why? No. Otherwise, it'd be an easy way out. And, and, and everything in life is not easy. It's not free. It's like <laughs> we watch Friends because at night I fall asleep to Friends <laughs> every night. Even if we finish the season, we'll start the next one or the whole the whole one. We'll start over. But there's this one part where Chandler's on the internet with chatting with somebody. He didn't know it was Janice, but it's like, hey, can we meet? So Ross, Joey, and Chandler are waiting at the coffee shop, and this gorgeous, beautiful girl or woman walks in. He's like, there she is. That's her. That's her. And Ross is like, yeah, because life, that's, life is that fair. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, that, that hit with me. It's so funny. And we think that because we're in this crappy situation, we're getting out of relationship. We lost a job, you know, anything and everything. Family's just out of disarray. And why is this happening? It's not your job to know why. Mm -hmm. It's not your position to know why. It's what you want to do and who you want, how you want to come out of it. And a lot of us, a lot of you guys, I totally with you that you're like, I don't know why I don't want to be in this. You know, we do the easy way out. 
you know, hurt ourselves, take our own lives, um, make the situation worse. And I don't know, man, again, you guys are fully capable of overcoming whatever you got going on in your life because, you know, that's just how we were made. You know, we were made to be strong and resilient, but we've listened to so many lies. We've seen so many examples of why we shouldn't be strong because we were taught to not be that. The identity gap, who we are. Yeah. You know, I mean, dang. Well, wow, you know, that's, that's, that's definitely why I wanted to talk about identity. That's why my um, main keynote is on identity because identity is tied to everything we'll create in this life. Mm-hmm. The person that we are, the business that we have, the amount of success, however you define success, even your income is tied to your identity. If you grow up poor or middle class, you got certain beliefs wrapped around money. Mm-hmm. If you grow up in a wealthy household, you have certain beliefs wrapped around money, right? Yep. All ties back down to identity, which is the root of it all. So if I'm trying to meet everyone where they're at, regardless if they're the average person, whether they're a business executive, whether they're going through relationship uh, mm-hmm. issues, right? If I can meet them where they, they're at and see how they operate, it's going to come back down to your identity. So when I was stripped of my identity, it was like, mm. who do I know myself to be? And mm-hmm. I realized that the only reason why some people are successful tapped into their full potential, their highest self and others aren't is because they don't yet identify with the person that they could be. Girl, Paul Richard, you guys don't even know, man. <laughs> Cause it's so true because I was told in my life, again, I can only talk from experience. I'm never going to ever speak from a position of where here's an example. No, this is from experience. Yeah. Cause I can't stand people like that. It's like, no, man, my identity, man, was I was told literally, and I believed it, especially this came from pastors, churches. It's like they want your ability, your skills just to build their kingdom. But it's like, no, that yo, you'll never be this. You'll never be that. You know, you're nothing without this. If you do anything else, you're always going to fail in life. And I, that's why I was afraid to start this business. And once I figured out my identity and who I was, especially as a believer, you know, who I am in Christ, that alone was just. I can go off on that alone, but when you're empowered by that, knowing that it's not you, it's him, it becomes it becomes real. It becomes like, man, your identity. Once you figure out, like, no, I can do this. And again, it's not the cliche of I'm do you, boo-boo. I'm going to do me. You know, no one can tell. I don't need no man. I don't need no relationship. <laughs> I don't need no woman. You know, it's like, it's not that. It's more than that. Because it, it actually... It trans what well, I forget the word, but it it it's more it's higher than just that, you know. And my identity was I was lost. I didn't. I'm 41 years old. I didn't realize who I was till I was like 36, you know. And it's mm-hmm. like I lived defeated because I had no idea who I was because of my experiences with my mom, my my family, the abuse, the physical, the mental, the emotional. It's like I thought that's who I was supposed to be my whole life. You know, I really felt that. And I brought that into our relationship, not knowing how to treat a woman or my wife or because I had so many stepmoms growing up and I thought that was natural. And it's like, no, this is, I don't know, man. That's why it's like to hear, to read that. When I read that, I thought that's definitely what I want to talk about, the identity gap. And you're and you're in it. You're like, that's, that's you, your message. Yeah. Well, yeah. the person that you want to be, you already are. Mm. A lot of people don't realize that all of that, that separate space of who you want to be, who you need to be, it's an illusion. Mm. You are already that person. So if you think about it, like if you're 
thinking who's a, I want to be in, let's say five years from now. And you start to feel that you actually start to act like that. Mm. So it's just like changing your own perspective, your own mind, your own thoughts and beliefs around who you are. And you start to move differently, right? Move as your highest self. Cause you already that person. Mm. Are you guys listening to this again, man? <laughs> cause I, I can only, again, Oh my gosh, you're speaking to me. Cause I was told that dude, you know, you're not good looking. You're, you're this, you're that. And I live defeated that way. Or you can't speak. So I didn't speak. You know, if I, if I did, it was intentionally to hurt before I got hurt. You know, it was intentionally to be something I wasn't. And so it put a bondage over me. You know, it put me barriers all over my life. You know, and it's like, it, it's so crazy what that does. You know, somebody listening and watching told them that you're never going to amount you know, to anything. And that's how people live defeated because someone said that. Yeah. Whether it's someone close, a relationship, mother, father, anybody. And we're living that way and we don't even know it. You know, because someone planted a seed and we did the watering not knowing because that's how we felt. You know, and to me, that's, that's, that's this world we live in. You know, to have a glimmer of hope to someone, what you're doing, you know, just gives me more hope. I'm very optimistic for at least what you're doing here in the Central Valley, you know. And so it's, I don't know, man. I'm I'm really at a loss of words because of how positive and how inspirational this is. Thank you. Really. And I do believe, you know, you're right where you're at, right where you're supposed to be, you know. And you're, you're you know, even you as a motivational speaker, do you still have your low moments? Do you still feel like, oh, why am I doing this, you know? Yeah, I do. I mean, we're human. We yeah. always have bad days, right? Mm -hmm. um, I luckily broke my depression cycle that one day I had the epiphany moment. So I have not de dealt with depression since then. But I still have bad days where it's like, man, why am I doing this? Why am I trying? Mm. Why do I keep, you know, trying to help people? And I realized that, you know, if I wasn't doing this, then there's so many lives that I could have helped. Mm -hmm. I don't want to ever think of like, oh, I could have done that. I could have helped people or I could have done more. When I'm at the end of my life, like I say, like, I don't ever want to think of like who I could have been. I'm going to say, I did that. I gave my mm -hmm. all doing that. I gave everything I possibly could. I gave you know, as much love, I loved as hard as I could. I shared everything that I knew. I want to say I gave all of that. I don't want to have any regrets. That's what's up. You know, I mean, that's so real because what is that? There's a quote says I've, I've spent my whole life. I've given like you, man, see that's COVID memory. Like I can't <laughs> stop. My brain like goes in that like mid conversation. Like I forget what I'm talking about. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh, man, I'm bad enough for getting things as a dude, you know, but <laughs> COVID member does not help, you know. But again, I feel you on that because even doing this, I sometimes, man, what are you doing, dude? You're in your garage, <laughs> you yeah. know. But the thing is, though, this goes further than that, yeah. you know. And like I said earlier, man, we were working from home before was, we had to, before it was cool, even though it's not. But, um, you know, from there, you know, like you said, you you're human. You know, so there's there's nothing wrong with admitting that, you know. What do you got going on? I mean, well, first, your ink is dope. 
Thank I love you. Your ink. That ink is clean, girl. I mean, you're, I mean, what are you doing right now? How are you just, what, what, outside of all this, what's the social life look like? What's the, like, what does it look like? Making genuine connections. Really? Yeah. Is it, are you just always on the go? Uh, I try to rest. Yeah. Um, I, I got to keep it balanced. Mm -hmm. I got to be able to recharge just because I am always around people. I'm always around different energies. I start to feel that. Yeah. So it's important for me to make sure that I do rest, take my alone time. You know, even if it's just chilling at home, doing some self-care or little things like meditating. Like that's, those are the things that I truly enjoy. And uh, it helps me in every aspect of my life. Like the mm -hmm. way that I see it, I can't have one aspect of my life be chaotic and it not affect another. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say example, like relationships. I can't be in a relationship that's going to cause chaos to my mental health and have it not affect my business. So I think there has to be a balance with every aspect. Are you of in life. a relationship right now? I'm not. I'm no? actually single. Yeah. You looking? And Come on, y'all. You know, I'm just here. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, don't cut, don't shut, don't cut yourself down like that, girl. Come yeah, on, no. do it. I mean, because again, do you still have to think about that part of your life still, yeah. right? Does that sometimes worry you? Do you feel like you get like, you know, is that something? No, I've I've had, I've been able to make uh, this genuine connection recently within the past year of, um. Having it build a strong foundation of a friendship first. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. But I'm really. I don't want to get too nosy, but I'm just, again, I want, I'm that guy that, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm that guy. I'm like, I want to know, no. <laughs> you know, but it's just between us, yeah. you know, corny. I know. But again, that's my mind. That's where my mind goes. Yeah. Especially for someone like you that, that you do what you do, you know, it's like, where do you, where do you still make time for you? Where, do, yeah. where does like the motivational stop? And like you said, take care of you and just Netflix and chill, you know, yeah. and it's like. Does that happen? Is that often? Do you feel like you need more of it? You know, I actually feel like the motivation or the business itself isn't a business. I don't feel like it's work. Um, mm -hmm. The way that I see it, the way that it feels for me is I'm just having fun. Yeah. I'm doing something I'm passionate about. I get to help people. And it's something I felt called to do. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's not like, oh, I have to wake up today. I got to go to this event gotta put in hours like no i get to i get to do this yeah it's not that i have to do it i get to do it i have the opportunity to do it. i was placed here mm. so i don't think it's something that i ever have to like you know really push aside it is just who i am mm -hmm. it's a part of me i show up to those events the way that i would show up right now yeah. the way that i would show it to my friends or family i'm the same all the Love way it. around but i do have to take time for myself and i think i've been getting better at prioritizing myself my own needs Learning to, you know, just love myself even more. Mm -hmm. Can't pour from an empty cup, right? Oh, like, what's man. that saying? You can't yeah. pour. Yeah, I know, you know, I know you exactly know what, I mean? what you're saying. I'm yeah. We vibing. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what's so dope. I mean, what's your, um, and let's just, let's get to know you more. Because what's your routine like? You know, you work out, you do your thing. What do you like? What's your routine? You live by yourself or are you with your folks still? Or you got I your... moved back in with my parents. So I, I ain't tripping. I'm, if I can move back with my right parents, <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. Shoot, life's tough. We in a recession. I'm going yeah. back, you know. <laughs> yeah. I ain't tripping. I never hate on anybody that goes back because <laughs> I want that. I'm jealous, you yeah. know, so no, no shame in that. But like, what's your routine? What do you got? What do you do? What's your average day look like? So I wake up every morning and I love meditating. <clears throat> it gets me in that clear space. I want to wake up every day and set a good tone for my day. Mm -hmm. um, so I make sure that I get up in, in the mood of expressing gratitude. And in order to clear my mind, I don't ever want to have a chaotic mind or clustered mind. 
because I need to tap into a flow state when I do work. I need to tap into the full capability of creativity and be able to portray a message when I need to, when I have to go to events. So I need, I think it's super important that I do learn how to clear my mind beforehand. So I always start my day with meditation. Um, I try to read every morning, even if it's just 10, 15 minutes yeah. or just reading a simple passage that'll do. Um, so I do that and then I'll work out. Then I'll get in the shower and get my day started from there. Okay. So. Man, I mean, it just seems like a normal day. Yeah. You know, there's no, you know, limits. There's nothing for you that, you, I mean, you can't do. So you're good. Um, what's the hope and the vision now? Where do you want to grow from here? So I definitely want to not have it just be me. So I can, I've hired virtual assistants. I have an assistant that can go with me to events, but I want to hire a whole team. So my big vision is to run a company, hire more people. So I recently added on a DBA. So my speaker name is Mia Natalia, but I added a DBA, the Send Professional Services, so that when I do hire, they can say that they work for Send Professional Services. Mm -hmm. Then I'll eventually I will hire um, a whole team, like events manager, another administrative assistant, and so on in marketing and outreach. Mm -hmm. And so that's the goal. But I'm still not sure if I want to have them work for home and when I need them to come with me, then they will. Or if I'm going to start paying for overhead. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I just, I'm mm -hmm. at this point where I'm scaling the business, starting to grow. It's starting to kick up momentum, which means a lot more traveling. Mm -hmm. So with a lot more traveling, do I want overhead? Do I want an office or do I want to keep it remote? They work from home. I work from home until we need to link up mm -hmm. and we'll travel all over. And so the goal is to get out of California, start traveling more across the U.S. and eventually all over. Worldwide, girl. Yeah. I see it. I can <laughs> see it. You know, I mean, have you ever start, like, thought about starting your own podcast, your own shows? Because I feel like you, you do have a message. I feel like you do have connections and <clears throat> you can. I, I can guarantee you can pull out you know, some good gems, you know, especially what, I mean, just what you spoke on today, you know, is yeah. that where you feel like you would do too or? Yeah. I don't ever want to limit myself. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to limit myself to just speaking or just doing this. So a podcast has been something that I actually wanted to do. Uh, it's kind of started it, but then it was like, I need to prioritize what I'm focusing on right mm -hmm. now and grow this first. Mm -hmm. And, um, once I get this going, then I can focus on other things. I don't want to take on too much yeah. at once. That's smart. So I'm I'm guilty of that because I'm t I have a lot going on, you know. But um, I get so excited. It's like, oh, let's do it. You yeah. know, wife's like, man, calm down, dude. You need to relax. <laughs> you know. But I don't know. I just feel like whatever you need, let me know. I want to help. I want to partner with you, you in some way, somehow. Yeah. You know, just get you. And you know, it's. Cause like, I do believe, you know. Shout out Dre Avalos. You know, you slay queen. You. Yeah. You know she hit me up real quick, you know, and she was like, yo, you need her on your podcast. You have no idea <laughs> what she can. She's like her social media, just like, yeah, she needs more of this, you yeah. know? And so what I usually do is um, this premiering on a Friday, Sunday up leading up to, I have all these teasers, just like teasing it, letting people know about this show, you know, especially you said a lot of dope stuff. So it's like, <laughs> I'm going to take that and just cut it right when it gets good. And people are like, Oh man, I want to yeah. well, go tune in, you know? Um, but I don't know, again, shout out to Dre, man. She's just a good homie. I met her at, um, channel 26 and we just 
you know, we've just been friends since, you know, yeah. just she's actually she was actually was supposed to jump on their first show because we were building it and just she got busy or something was always happening. You know, she was like between jobs and starting her own company and just a lot, you know, transpired. And so, I mean, yeah, shout out Drake, you know, but I mean, overall, I mean, what do you like to eat? What, what is like your go-to cheat meal or like you like pho, menudo, pozole? I love everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what, you know what I have addiction for, though? Tell me. Panera. Out of all Panera? things, Panera, yeah. Ah, I've been to Panera once. What? That's real, like, what? what do you like at Panera? That's so Panera-y. <laughs> <laughs> That's a word. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there's a few things that I like there. I like their pizza. I mostly get the Mediterranean veggie because I've gotten on this, like, healthy binge, but yeah, I've been eating, like, a lot. So I've been trying to, like, work out more and just watch what I'm eating, eating raw foods and veggies. So I have been doing the Mediterranean veggie there mm. a lot with the baguette okay. though because I like bread. The I, gotta, I gotta have the carbs. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. I got your cheat. Me, I'm like, give me that big old tub of pho. <laughs> you know, let me sleep in it. Let it, <laughs> you know, like soak in my pores. I'm that guy because once I got because I didn't eat from August, September, October. And I didn't eat for four months. Yeah. And when I got my appetite back, I didn't lose my taste or smell. I lost my smell, but I didn't lose my taste. But I couldn't eat because again, I couldn't breathe. If you know when you're chewing, you just yeah. yeah. Or most normal people chew with their mouth closed, breathe through <laughs> their nose. Me, I wasn't, you know, but I couldn't eat, man, because I just I felt like I was suffocating. Yeah. So it was just out of just panic of like, I might die if I eat. You know, I don't want to die eating. You know, I want to die like on a higher mark. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he died on his sword, you know, or something like that. Not eating a burrito, you know, <laughs> you know, but. I mean, yeah, I mean, I got, once I got my appetite back, I went in, give me that burrito, give me that big old can of menudo, yeah. just give me the greasy stuff. And I mean, I went from like 240 solid because we were working out before, uh, when they opened everything up last April, mm -hmm. um, we went straight to the gym, five, six days a week, hour, two hours a day. We were going in, eating right. And when I got sick, it took me out. My doctors and nurses are telling me, man, you saved your life, Jose. Your body, you you're, you trained and made your body strong to fight this. That's why you're still here. And they told me that I'm like, still here. You know, and so I need to get back onto that. This is already probably like late August because I got like four other podcasts. Man, I wish I can just share this now. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, but, but like August has been a full year that I was sick. So I have this personal goal to take back the six months that were taken from me. So your boy was indulgent. You know, I'm slamming soda pops. You know, I'm going <laughs> in. You know, so I mean, I don't know, man. I love I love your story. I love you. I love what you do. You know, you got my support. Whatever you need, whatever you got going on. You got a local event. You want us there. We'll go. We'll ride with you. Thank Seriously, you. we'll ride and die with it, boy. Because, <laughs> man, when I connect, man, when... Someone like this connects with me, man. I just want to make sure I want to be there. Seriously. Because that was what I feel is important to get out more. Not my glory. You know, everyone sees like the website. They see what you're doing. I, again, I always say this and I will die saying this is that I want to tell the story behind the glory. You know, it puts more meaning. It, pu it puts more connection to it. You know, someone can know the story behind it, then they'll follow it and support it. And that's where I'm at with you. I know your story. I know what you've been through. Man, and we're here for you. Seriously. Whatever you need. Thank you. I got you. 
But we do this, we do the thing on the show where we do last words, last thoughts, and you're probably really good at this, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but what would you tell somebody listening and watching? What would you tell them? What would you, what would your word or your anything? What would you tell them? So a lot of the times we tend to think, you know, our purpose is this goal-oriented thing. I used to stress about whether or not this was a career I was supposed to be going for, right? Mm -hmm. We stressed little things like that. Like, what is it I'm meant to do in this life? Yeah. But the way that I see it is, what if our purpose, we've already done, we've been doing. Mm -hmm. What if it's something as simple as an interaction or a conversation with someone? Yeah. What if you complimenting someone at the grocery store, you know, changed their day? You don't know the type of day that they had. Mm -hmm. So what if that is our purpose? Having simple interactions. So instead of focusing on this goal-oriented thing, you probably already fulfilled your purpose. Mm -hmm. Purpose to cross paths with a specific person that you ended up having to go through a lesson with in a relationship. That was your purpose. Mm -hmm. That's it, right? So I think it's that stop stressing about what you're meant to do because mm. you're already doing what you're meant to do. That's so real. What about you? I think... Um you know, we were talking about identity earlier, and I feel like before we actually dive into our identity, we have to have like a moment of like surrender to where we're like, I can't do this on my own. And um, so I think in that moment, if that person, if you're in that moment, just surrender to it, because I feel like God's not going to leave you alone. He's there. And I think when we surrender, he's able to take us and like, okay, let me help you. And he gives us that strength that we knew that we couldn't do it on our own. Mm -hmm. And then we find ourselves finding our identity. Okay, that's that's why you made me this way. Mm -hmm. It's a strength. It's not a weakness. And um, yeah, that's that's what I got. Girl, you are po reaching to <laughs> man. I mean, that's real. That's so true. I think that um um inspired i'm more man that flame just got bigger you know it really you fan the flame and it's something that you know it's not like i doubt what i do or you know because i know my skills i know what i can do you know i've lived a whole life of proving people wrong because i knew i was good at it but i lived defeated inside never showed it you know just that that false gazpacho like you know that's not me no more but um I think overall, man, to hear your story, to hear what you've gone through, to, and there's probably like tons more you can talk about. You know, we got like 900 hours that we can record <laughs> on this on this hard drive, man. We can do it. You know, I want to break the world Guinness of Records like two days, right? Two and a half days podcast? I think it's two and a half or three days, I think. Three days? I want to break that record, man. We can do it, you know? Yeah. But I think overall, just to have you on, this is really, seriously, it made the flame stronger, bigger, because... You know, like you, I'm human too. Even the guy, every you know, I get I get the the haterade that says, "Oh, he's thinks he's a motivational speaker." You know, he thinks he knows it all. No, I don't. It's because I know I don't. I can speak on it and come from it. You know, I've 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 come through a lot of stuff or self sabotage and others trying to hurt me and you know take me out or just you know. And so I think what I've learned most was. So identify that, hey, your weakness is actually not. That's your greatest strength, you know. And Vulnerability yep. is the biggest strength. Mm -hmm. 
And I was very not vulnerable. <laughs> Ask the wifey. She knows. You know, now but, it's and like, I also think when you start talking about it, you know, people don't like to talk about it and they stay in that. Mm -hmm. But once you start talking about it, it actually breaks down those barriers and it shows your vulnerability. And it's like, <clears throat> oh, well, I could grow from this. And that's why, you know, you're, you, we feel so inspired right now meeting you. It's like, because we're like batteries. You know, we charge each other up and we're like, yeah, this is why I do this. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's real. And I think that's kind of where my biggest strengths are. Because I know, I know who I am. I know where I've been through. I know what I still need to work on, you know. And that thing, talking to you just only, you know, shows me the mirror. Because a lot of people want to show everyone else the mirror. Like, hey, look at you. Look at you. You're, you're an idiot. No, turn that drone around. Figure it out. Then when you, like, look at yourself, you think, man, I've said this before. I've done this before. I thought this before. You're not too proud. That's why a lot of people don't like looking at themselves fully in the mirror, you know. And it's, I'm that guy, you know. And so to have you on, to just only further just advances me to keep, you know, keep going be more vulnerable, connect, help up, help people with the identity gap. That's where we're at. You know, that's where I think mm -hmm. that's real. I think you put an actual legit face to the problem is identity. You Thank know, you. You really do. You bring that to the table. And I appreciate you. Again, I love the hell out of you. I love <laughs> your vibe, everything. I love how you drove up here by yourself. I'm like, that's what's up. You know, you're doing you. You know, and there's nothing, you know, this doesn't make you any different. Mm. It doesn't, you know, let me ask you this. Cause I do, I mean, are you, what, what is your, like you Christian Catholic? What do you, what do you believe? Or what is your, I'm whatever you want me to be. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I don't, no. I, I like to, you grew up, what'd you grow up as though? I grew up Christian, but I was baptized Catholic. And there's this word that really resonates, um, omniism. Mm finding truth in all religions. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily just, you know, picking one and saying the others you can't be. It's just finding the truth in all of them. Mm -hmm. And. Well, in saying that then, do you believe that you could be healed and walk? And do you want to walk? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like. But do you think that changes your story? No. 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 My story will always be my story. Even if it isn't where I end up. Um, I'm not defined by my obstacles. And a lot of us, we tend to identify with our trauma. Mm -hmm. Regardless of where you end up, what you've been through, you get to decide where you're going to go. So, so do you want to walk? Do you eventually want to go back? Yeah, I do. That's good. Even if it takes me forever. Or, because I've continued to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And I've been going to therapy for four years now. Two years in, Hit some roadblocks. was like, man, I don't see any progress. You know, why am I still trying? And I kept going. Even if it, I was having bad days. That I wanted to give up. But I remained consistent. And then four years later, I finally saw results. And it was like, out of nowhere. It was like, well, I was told I wouldn't be able to do this. What were the results? Um, so I had my neurosurgeon, you know, tell me that in the beginning, the initial uh, stage that if I have any chance, it's going to be 10%. And then at my one-year follow-up, we took x-rays, MRIs of my back to see how I was doing. Because I now have 10 titanium screws fused to my spine. Yeah. And so we had to take x-rays on that. And he was like, pretty much saying that I'm not going to walk with the walker. Because I would have too much hip instability. And my knees would buckle. 
So I was like, okay, great. I'm not going to be able to walk with Walker. And then I thought about it. I was like, you know, I'm still going to try. So I kept going to therapy and now I'm able to walk with canes with very little assistance. I still need someone to hold my knee so I can stand up. But once I'm up, I can walk by myself just having a spotter. So I'll have a gate belt around my my chest in case I do fall. But I can bring my legs forward and I can walk with canes. Nice. Yeah. So it's more than I was ever expected to. Mm-hmm. Dang, that's awesome. So you're telling me there's a chance. You know? Yeah. There's, yes. it would, there's a will, there's a way. Come on. So whether I go another four years before I see more results, mm-hmm. whether I go 15 years or the rest of my lifetime trying, at least I can say I tried. Mm, I love that. I mean, I know we're supposed to end this, but man, you got me got me questions now. <laughs> you know, that's one thing I love about the show. We go on. You know, has anybody ever tried to tell you all, this is the reality, all this is like, this is what you, you need to accept that you, have you faced that? Yeah, I've heard that a few times. Um, One, definitely being my neurosurgeon, but I know it's kind of, it's his job to not get people's hopes up, Mm -hmm. to tell them the bare minimum. But my doctor is God. Mm, Come on. So no man could tell me otherwise. Mm. No man, no external source can tell me otherwise. So as long as I know I'm trying, there's endless amount of possibilities of what can happen, of who I can be, of things I can do. Mm. So the fact that I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep trying, I'm going to keep giving my all every single time, whether I'm at therapy and I'm trying to walk or I'm walking with canes, trying to get to the next level, not needing a spotter, or I'm at home doing my own workouts. Mm. I'm not just going to half-ass. Yeah. You know, like I'm going to put my all in every aspect. So whether I'm there or I'm at home doing my own workouts. I'm going to give my all mm. because that's going to contribute to if I do end up walking. Mm. But mean, also my own mind too is yep. going to play a part in healing. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I love that. Man, power on there. You said something that took me back. And I think Laura knows. Um, and I, like, I, I think you should tell this story. You probably tell it better because our oldest daughter is named Kaylani. She's going to be 17. Um, or she's already 17 because we're middle of August. But um, when she was born, she had huge complications. E. coli, spinal meningitis, she, yeah. fever, just messed her brain, fried her brain. She wasn't supposed to live. So went to Valley Children's Hospital. And, I mean, you probably, we have that moment where, like, well, yeah, you're a doctor. You're this, you're that. But my healer, our doctor's God. Yeah. You know, and maybe you well, could. We were all in the um, confident or the doctor's. The cry room. The cry room. And uh, we were, it was me, my parents, Jose, and we're just sitting there. And he was telling us, you know, she's probably going to be brain dead, learning disabilities. You know, he's just going on and on. I'm like, I just had this beautiful baby. You know, what's going on right now? And I'm like listening to all these, you know, negative stuff. And my dad's all, I, my, I, my dad was like, you know what? He's all, we believe in a higher God. He's all, God's, we know God's going to heal her. And um, as my dad was saying this to the doctor, the doctor kind of had like a little smirk. Yeah. You know, he was a really nice guy. And the nurse knocked on the door. Well, hold on. He said, this was the doctors. My father-in-law, man, just, this gets me every time, man. But he was just telling us all this. He's in the, and Sean was like, stop. He says, no, we're not accepting that. And the doctor said, well, sir, it's impossible to know. It's impossible right now to figure out anything. And my father-in-law said, this is, and this is what gets me. He said, he says, no, 
it's impossible with you, but with God, it's, it's possible. He's like, sir, I'm telling you, it's impossible. No sooner that doctor said, no, it's impossible. The nurses were knocking on the door. We found out what's wrong with her. We're treating her. She's recovering now. And my father-in-law just looked at him. He's like, I told you. Yeah. I'm like, golly, God, you showed up, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why I do believe God can, mm-hmm. you know? Um, as you see her now, very responsible, very, man, attentive, you know, she's a caregiver. She loves taking care of her family. And you see her struggle with her speech, her learning. 17, she's going to be, but she still has like a reading level of third grade, fourth grade, you know, but I don't care. There's so many strengths that she has that we're focusing on. And, you know, to hear your faith in your story, man, I do believe it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. What's, what's, in, what's impossible with man with God, all things are possible. Yeah. I believe that. And so I believe that for you, your life. I pray blessing over your parents, your family, especially Thank your you. mom. Man, mothers are on a different level when it comes to taking care. To yeah. me, that's shout out moms. You know, you need strong, powerful mothers like that. And I can guarantee you, you're still here because of the nurturing, the loving, who she is, the strength, you know, and for you to fight all this and grow overcome it is because of the strength that she has. For sure. Man. Uh, man. The <laughs> fact that you just said that. So my middle name is my mom's first name. My full name is Mia Natalia Gonzalez. Okay. I stopped using Gonzalez because I want to acknowledge my mom. Mm. So I made my speaker name Mia Natalia because my mom played that big role. If it wasn't for my mom, mm. not only being my caregiver, but holding me on the nights that I was suicidal, mm. that I was going through depression, that I didn't know how to even help myself. And mom was there. If it wasn't for her, mm-hmm. I don't think I would be here. Mm. The It's like a trickle effect. My mom helped me. Now I can help others. Now I can continue down this path. Yeah. But if it wasn't for mom, if it wasn't for dad supporting, yeah. where would I be? Mm-hmm. That's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to personally, I know they'll probably be listening, watching this. If you guys gotten this far. I got a shirt for you guys. <laughs> so I hook you up with some merch too. Um, but seriously, you guys, your parents, what's your dad's name? Manny. Manny and Natalia, you guys are strong individuals. God has given you the strength, the fortitude, the mindset to, to be there for your daughter. You don't treat her any different. You don't, she's your little girl and there's nothing that has happened or done or you see here any different and to me that is a true testament where you're at why you're still here i see it and it's a blessing so i pray that you guys are blessed i pray that everything you do everything where you walk everything you touch is blessed i really do i pray that for you guys and so shout out to mom and dad shout out to your family shout out to your business where can everybody find you your social media website maybe slap that out put that all out there right now in the, in the <laughs> right. in internet world yeah website is mianathalia.com and my instagram is mianathalia g mm-hmm. so you guys can find me there hit me up send me dm get involved yeah get on Net. it hit her up do you do personal <laughs> life coaching too do you do one-on-ones yeah, yeah Dang, I do one-on-ones. that's crazy Yep. That's cool, man. If y'all got some issues, man, no judgment. I guarantee you, you won't get none. <laughs> She'll speak to you, tell you what's real. Because, man, if y'all call me, I'm going to tell you straight up. You know? <laughs> I need to soften up. But, no, nah, you guys got it. I'm serious. You got my support. Whatever you need, whatever you got going on, we'll plan it out. We're here for you. Yep. 
yeah much love all right much love all right you guys thanks for watching thanks for tuning in thank you for the support head over to our season two episodes season one all our pilot episodes follow us on instagram thank you guys for all the subscribes and likes don't forget to hit that notification bell you guys you know like this video help us out on the algorithm on youtube because i really don't push youtube you know youtube is annoying but you know what i definitely want to step up the production in that so like and share this man this story if you guys know somebody going through something facing the issue similar to me or something different man this this show this podcast is just for you we're here for you guys we love you guys stay tuned for the next one we'll see you guys in the next one mm.